Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Selective Hearing. I am your host, Julie DeMar, and today I am here with another special guest. I am here with Miss Emma Bradford, and we are going to talk about how we treat ourselves. We're going to talk about showing ourselves love and being kinder and more tender with the person who is the most important in our lives, which is us. Because <laughs> if we are okay, then everyone else around us can be okay. So before I get started, Emma, would you love to tell the audience about yourself and what it is that you do? Thank you. It's such a joy to be here with you and to talk about this very important topic. As you said, that our relationship with ourselves is so important. So I've been in this field for 10 years professionally and I'm an NLP trainer. So I've been working a lot with the mindset and how we see things, how we perceive things. And I work a lot with women specifically in really helping them to fall back in love with themselves and life and I do that with a mix of working with the mind and emotions and also bringing in creative arts and dance with that as well so I blend everything together and create this wonderful experience that I call creating change and it's really fun it's a joy to teach and I feel that something's so so important in this world and I love supporting women through this like through how they see themselves how they see their body with body image as well and and really like helping them to step away from negative self-talk loops and, and all of that. So yes, happy to talk about it today. So I'm just learning about neuro-linguistic programming and how it works. And I've done one episode about it. And then I actually had someone on that he did hypnosis. And as he was explaining it, I was like, so I was like, um, I was like, this falls under the same category as neuro-linguistic programming. He was like, yeah. And I was like, I'm learning. I'm learning more about it and the positive effects of it and how kind of reshaping the past patterns that we have can really contribute to us having a more positive outcome and living a life that is, you know, more joyful and more full. So with all of that, how would you define like positive mindset or positive mindset training and like embracing something like this could be essential in changing and bettering our lives? NLP is such a, a wonderful thing and it's something that helped me a lot in my journey with panic attacks. So I had a lot of negative self-talk in the past that led to weekly panic attacks and that was not a fun experience. And, and NLP is a wonderful way to really like start shifting things forward and moving forward and being very proactive with like rather than remaining stuck in the past or remaining stuck in a negative outlook on things. It's like, okay, what can I learn from this? Like, how can I move forward? How can I use this as a a stepping stone so that's how I see positive mindset really it's like how can I like create a stepping stone forward and also like bring in kindness I, I tend to focus a lot of my work is focused on how we can be kind to ourselves and how we can be tender with ourselves because sometimes the leap from hating ourselves or like being really judgmental or criticizing ourselves a lot to self-love can be so huge it's like how can I go from there to there and it's not about getting to a destination 
it's life has these ups and downs like there are there are moments where perhaps we find it easy and other moments where we find it challenging so my focus is very much on like seeing the overall bigger picture like what are we doing consistently over a period of time rather than like getting it perfect all the time it's not about perfection it's about connection that's the most important thing so it's like okay how can I be kinder to myself overall like how can I be a little more gentle with myself overall like how can I bring in a little bit of tenderness like this loving gentle presence to myself overall looking at the bigger picture here Oh my gosh, like negative self-talk, I feel like comes up so much on this show. Like the power of it. I didn't even know what it was for a long time. Obviously all of us practice because that that inner dialogue is like the loudest voice that we hear. But like I found like in the very beginning of my growth journey, I had no idea like what it was and like not only not knowing what it was, but the effects of it and how great the effects of it were. Learning that and learning how to even shift that voice, learning like, little tools instead of this with yourself say this instead of you know like just that is like a big thing like learning how to treat yourself how to be kind with yourself how to give yourself grace and time the same treatment that you would give to someone else that was going through something the same compassion why don't we reserve those same processes for ourselves in the beginning I was like yeah what do you mean yeah you're right about that why not (laughs) why aren't I thinking about myself in that way like we're so quick to like fix and help and you know show for someone else then the person looking back in the mirror is like always getting the short end of the stick like I just love the whole idea of of this and learning about this now okay so for me like NLP too like the idea of not having to continue to reintroduce yourself to trauma but actually like just getting over it and learning new ways to to live I love that component I absolutely love that component. So many different ways of NLP being used as well. It can be incredibly beneficial for people recovering over trauma. And also like there are so many different styles you've got, like how it's used in sales, which is a huge part of it. And then also like how it's used, like for example, Tony Robbins, he uses NLP, even though he might not call it NLP most of the time, or Joe Dispenza as well. How I use it, I use it in a way that I call it wholehearted NLP. So I use it in a way that is very much looking at the bigger picture. And if I'm setting goals, I'm also recognizing the the gifts that I have already rather than constantly living in the future. If I'm teaching my students techniques to navigate emotions, I'm getting them to first find the gifts in the motion first before rushing to techniques to try and get rid of it. So how I use it might be vary compared to other people and other trainers though I feel that it's really important that we we look at the bigger picture we find the gifts in everything and sometimes there can be the tendency whether it's NLP or something else to want to rush to something to get rid of something in order not to not feel it anymore in some instances it can be helpful to have a quick technique that works really powerfully with the unconscious mind and in others Uh, instances it's so beneficial that we work somatically with the body and feel things as well and the two can work together so it's like it's just really looking at the individual and what they need and NLP is a wonderful set of tools and some people love it because it's so simple effective and straightforward 
I know like you were, you said you work a lot with women. Like what are some of the common challenges that a lot of women face when they're coming to you for help? A huge thing is just how they perceive them, perceive themselves, like physically and also like just themselves as a whole, like their self-esteem, like their confidence, all of that is, is such a, such a huge area for like women. Like there's, there's so many things. I mean, I've worked with so many women in terms of their negative self-talk and their anxiety. This is something that I've spent many years working with because I have a history of, of panic attacks that I was able to let go of thanks to NLP, thanks to acupuncture, thanks to letting go of, of caffeine as well. So all of those things combined really helped me to transform that and let that go. With body image, like I have a workshop coming up here locally. This is a huge topic pick for women when they look at themselves in the mirror like all those thoughts that come come up the negative self-talk like whether that's to do with weight or whether that's to do with aging comparing themselves with other women online or in magazines and forgetting that most of those images are filtered and edited and photoshopped and <laughs> they're not real people but it's yes this is a, a huge topic and it's like okay how can I really like encompass the full spectrum of who I am as a woman because let's face it like we're not just like one thing like a mother's not just a mother a wife is not just a wife we're made up of so many aspects and qualities and, and parts of ourselves and it's recognizing the expansiveness of who we are is such a wonderful thing to do I'm so glad that you you touched on self-talk a couple of times today because that was like one of my big questions in here too. Even though we've touched on this is in your experience, what role does self-talk play in maintaining positive mindset, a positive mindset? And like, what can individuals do to start that journey? Yeah, so of course it's it's such a huge topic, <laughs> self-talk. <laughs> This is something I was talking about with a group of women just the last weekend and at a workshop and I was, I was talking about how like often in society and often in the self-awareness world, I mean, I've read many books, I've listened to many interviews and podcasts and speakers and teachers on this topic and I've had my own personal experiences as well and I've learned everything that I've learned through 10 years of working with clients with, with NLP. Often there's this perspective of we need to just ignore the inner critic or that negative self-talk that we just need to ignore it and just like shove it in a box, put it away and, and ignore it. And on some level that can be helpful, though when we're doing that, we're missing a huge gift, a really, really big gift, because when we're just like trying to jump to the positive and trying to like, oh, positive mindset, negative self-talk, just shove it in a box, get rid of it, we're missing the gift of it because actually what it's doing is it's simply bringing to our attention limiting beliefs, like beliefs from the inner child from the past. Essentially it's our inner child with its uh, beliefs about like what happened in the playground or what happened with the parents or what happened with like kids at school like, like there can be these these decisions and these beliefs we've made when we were younger like oh i'm ugly or i'm this or that or we heard something or we made that decision at that time and it can be really such a missed opportunity if we just ignore it completely because we can learn from it i gave a example to the group that i was teaching 
at the weekend and I was talking about a time when I was in the shop and I was looking for a new pair of trainers and I saw some beautiful turquoise trainers like turquoise is one of my favorite colors and they were just like so beautiful and I was like oh I wanted to, to reach out to look to them and like see whether I would buy them and just as I like reached out to pick them up I could hear my inner critic saying to me oh no you don't want to stand out like <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to stand out from the crowd you need to like they're too bright they're too this blah 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 what will people think of you and there were all these judgments and criticisms coming up and in that moment I decided I made the choice to get curious and learn from it rather than just try to ignore it completely I like, just like oh that's interesting. Where did that come from? Like I see the inner critic as one of our biggest teachers. And then I suddenly remembered at school being teased by young boys for like my shoe size, which is not, a, it's like a normal shoe size. Girls, they always grow faster than the boys <laughs> at a certain age. So I, me being very tall, I was towering over a lot of the young boys at that time. And they would tease me a lot about my height and my shoe size. So there I was in the shoe shop wanting to buy these trainers and there was my inner child coming up and like wanting to be safe and protected. It was like worried that if I bought those trainers, I won't be safe. So I had a choice to either live according to that negative self-talk or to live according to what made me happy and just filled me with joy regardless. So we can rewrite the story through our actions. So I bought those trainers I have those trainers because I decided to buy them and that was me rewriting the story. It was a wonderful experience because I was like, okay, I learned from that negative self-talk. I understood myself a little bit more and I could bring a little bit more compassion to my inner child and I chose to rewrite the story as well through my actions. So I encourage people to get curious about what the negative self-talk is, is coming up with and to see it in a different light, to consider it as this great teacher. And doesn't mean that we have to live life according to it, but we can learn from it and then connect with what we love regardless. For me, I say like, don't let it be the power that dictates your actions. I And I just shared this. I named my inner mean girl, Monica, when Monica shows up, because like, that's another thing, like it doesn't go away, but it's just how you handle it when it shows up. So I have a thing where I'm like, uh-uh, girl, I don't have time for you. So I don't let her, I don't let her get any traction. I acknowledge that she's there though, and she's there for a reason, but I don't let her gain traction. I don't let her gain power. And I don't let that dictate the outcome in a negative way. That I'm like, okay, I see you, you here. Uh-huh, I don't have time for you, girl, bye. And then I'm like, well, okay, what did she say? And why? Kind of like when you're saying that took you somewhere, it connected you to something where you felt like, okay, well, I got teased. So that's why it's trying to keep me away from buying these shoes, but I'm gonna get them anyway. I do that. like, And I'm like, okay, well, she's saying that because there may be a situation where I'm not feeling heard or I'm not feeling seen or I'm not feeling safe. So it's like, okay, well, what do I need to do in this situation to grant myself those opportunities where I will feel safe or I will feel seen or I will feel heard? And then like, we kind of move on from there. But there used to be a time where she would completely freeze me and like prevent me from doing big things like self-sabotage like was like my thing for a long time. It's like something that you can do a whole show on, to be honest. 
because it's like that big of a it's that big of a subject and it's that serious but I just I'm so glad that you kind of dove into it early on because it was it's something that I really wanted to talk about I want to talk about gratitude like what role does gratitude play in like cultivating this sort of mindset and um this sort of way of living and this in a new attitude like um and how can you incorporate gratitude practices into all of this? Yeah, this is another of my favorite topics. And I did a whole like challenge on this just, I think probably about six months ago. And it was all about gratitude. This is the thing, like gratitude is, for me, it's about coming back to the present moment. And when we come back to the present moment and we're the, in the here and now, a lot of that negative self-talk disappears as well because a lot of the negative self-talk not all the time but most of the time it's about something about the future or something about the past or some story connected to the past like I was talking about with the trainers so when we come back to the present moment and we start bringing appreciation to the present moment everything starts to shift I talk a lot about what I call the little big things the little big things in life so like they're the little things, but really they're the big things. Like for example, I start virtually every workshop asking the question, like introduce yourself, say your name and something that puts a smile on your face. And everyone goes around, the, we go around the group and everyone shares their name and then something that puts a smile on their face. And in the last 10 years, I've had so many responses and it's just amazing, like all these little big things that people mention, like for example, everything from getting into the bed when you've just got fresh clean sheets or like feeling the, the rain on your skin in the summer, like a warm summer rain, that first strawberry that you have of the year or smelling a flower or having a hug with a loved one or smelling the, the smell of the sea air or um, like feeling the warm sunshine against your skin, like the, all these little things, like these little big things, that's what makes life magical. And that's what really helps us to navigate the ups and downs of life it's not about oh only love and light and like jump to just looking at the good stuff and ignoring the challenging it's about okay all these little big things can give me comfort can give me support as I navigate the challenging stuff if there's challenges in the moment and with gratitude the one of the keys is about the feeling so it's, it's no point I mean I've seen this time and time again like people say okay you need to list 30 things that you're grateful for every single day and make a big list. Now, if we're doing it from the mind, it's only so far we can go. When we tap into the feeling, that's when we start shifting things and changing things. And we start creating and cultivating this more uh, uplifted, open, receptive, positive outlook on life and on ourselves. So I often say, like, just keep it to one thing one thing each day that you're grateful for and go into the details. And when you go into the details, that's when you help to generate that feeling of gratitude rather than, so for example, uh, I could say, I'm grateful for my sister. 
Like that's just pretty simple. So if I go into the details, I could say, I'm so grateful for when I receive a message from my sister and it puts a smile on my face. Like when she sends a little emoji or when she just sends, even if it's just a little heart or something like that, because that just fills my chest with like this warm feeling. And I just remember how fortunate I am to have a sister. So like going into the details, helps to really cultivate an even deeper sense of gratitude. It's, yeah, there's so many more things I could share on this. Though one thing that I found really useful is having accountability. And I have a gratitude buddy. So a friend and I, we set up a gratitude practice and we've been going strong for, it's probably about three and a half years now. Every single day, we send each other a message of one thing that we're grateful for in that day. And we've been doing it for so long and it's just this continuous practice. And, and when you have someone there as support, like it makes it so much easier, like social accountability and like having that support, it's, it's a wonderful way to start. Okay, so I'm in two right now, <laughs> but I have like a group, like it's a large group of women uh, called Women Dream Builders. And oh, we do thing. challenges together. We do daily check-ins together. We're doing a 66-day challenge right now. I'm on day 42. And it's Great. like it's like one of those habit builder challenges. So you have to do so many things for so many minutes every day. So I'm I'm doing that. And then we're starting, oh gosh, it's like a hundred thousand steps in 31 days is up next. And we're doing a 10-day fast um in another group that I'm in. So it's like um yeah, but I found those things to be very helpful in everything that I'm doing. Because, like, you you know, like, you're not alone. So, like, those moments when you feel like, oh, gosh, can I do this today? Then it's like, boom. Hey, mm-hmm. where are you at with your challenge? I'm at this point. Where are you? Or, you know, like, or it's like, ding. I in my phone alerts all day long with little things. And I, it's it's nice, though. It's really nice to have that and be a part of that. Okay. This is where we can use technology for our advantage. I mean, there are, there's the shadow of technology, obviously. And as with everything, there's light and shadow. Though we can use technology in a great way, like to communicate with each other, support each other, put notifications and reminders and things that pop up that can really help. I even have on, on my phone, my alarm clock is actually a recording thing of myself saying affirmations so I wake up to hear my own voice saying affirmations in the very first beginning of the of the day and this is the key like when we want to work with the unconscious mind like when we first wake up we're like our mind is like a sponge it literally absorbs everything because we're in we're just like coming out of this sleep and that's when our unconscious mind is most susceptible Uh, to picking up on messages is those first waking moments so rather than taking in the news or taking in social media a great way to use the phone and technology is to to have yourself saying affirmations and have that as your alarm clock and that's the first thing that your mind receives that's a good idea i'm actually writing it down oh (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a great way to to work with the unconscious mind and and this is a lot of what we do in nlp yeah nlp is very closely linked with hypnosis and working with the unconscious mind and feeding in positive suggestions can can really help rewrite the story i i really like that because in the morning because i have this thing where i never want my four-year-old to go to school with a bad day 
So uh, every morning we say something or I sing a song, which I won't sing here in um, <laughs> <laughs> but my my voice is reserved for them. They don't mind it yet. But I I definitely I have a a good day song that I sing, or I'll just recite certain things. And it's kind of cool because my son actually he's he's like no stop. He started to do this thing where he'll say no stop. You're amazing. Because I'll say hey you're amazing. You're creative. You're kind. You're loving. You're smart. You're intelligent. I'm like you have a big heart. I say these things to him all the time. And now if I say, hey, you're, he'd be like, no, stop. You're amazing. But <laughs> I like to do it in the morning because before he goes to school, because I'm like, I don't want him, like he's four. Some days he's, it's horrible trying to get him off the school. So I try to reshape that so that when he's leaving out the door, like he has a good day. And every day that we have a hard day getting up, a hard struggle, like you got to brush your teeth. Why? You got to do this. Why? If like in between there, I'm hitting him with that, like, because you're amazing or you're smart or you're intelligent, you have a big heart. Then he's like, he gets to school and he runs through the door. He leaves me. Like, I'm like <laughs> one day he told me, he was like, mom, school started. And I'm like, oh, so does that mean you want me to leave? Like he's like, have a good day. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I, that's really beautiful. Yes, it works. It really works. But I am gonna try that. My alarm clock and my voice with positive affirmations. Yeah, right, and I hope you guys wrote that down. The sound of your own voice is one of the most powerful ways to to use hypnosis. Like our voice is the most powerful thing. I mean, yeah, of course, working with a trained hypnotherapist can, can be really beneficial as well, but nothing beats the sound of your own voice. I'm going to try it. And I'm going to send you an email and let you know how I'm doing in about 30 yes. days of doing it. I want to see how like far I've come and what changes I've made. Because that's like another thing about loving to write everything down. Like I'm documenting the growth journey so I can go look back at a year or 30 days ago or last week and literally see the difference in everything that I'm doing. Great, so, yeah. I want you to share, I love hearing about success stories. So if you could share like one of the success stories of someone that you helped that like actually they came so far that at the end of the, I don't want to say at the end of the journey, but when you notice like that growth and that change in them, how that even like inspires you. There's one, one client that sticks out in terms of like, she came to me because she was feeling like she lacked confidence in work and she was beating herself up about it because again, there was the negative self-talk because she was in the workplace, English was not her first language and she felt that she was stupid because she was always quiet and held back within interviews and she was really judging herself and criticizing herself and in the sessions we uncovered that actually because it was just through like a few simple questions I asked her and I was starting to connect the dots between her relationship was with her mother because often with the same sex parent it's how you show up in the world the opposite sex parent can be often how we show up in relationships and um, with with other people so I was asking her about her mother and I said who did you need to be in order to feel loved by her and she said I had to be the quiet good girl and I was like oh that's interesting 
like, where else do you do that behavior? And she's like, I do that at work. Yes, I hold back. I'm quiet. I'm <laughs> like, she was like beating herself up about being quiet in the workplace. But then she realized that that was an old behavior that was coming up because she wanted to really fit in and feel loved and accepted by the group, by the team. So when she realized that, that was like a massive light bulb moment for her because then the next time she was in the workplace when she noticed her her old tendency to to step back and not say anything rather than judging and blaming and shaming herself about it she was like oh there's me just wanting to fit in and feel like accepted I now have a choice and opportunity to rewrite the story. And she was able to do that. Like she was in those meetings from then on and then she was able to choose. Okay, yeah, I'm going to suggest something. I'm going to like say something. And she felt a lot more confident in herself because she was no longer continuing that that loop, that negative story loop of I'm stupid, I'm not intelligent, I'm not saying anything, I should say something, blah, blah, blah. And like feeling bad about herself. And, and then she was like, oh yes, now I know where it comes from it's like when we get have this moment of greater like self-awareness and we realize where things come from it helps us deal with the present situation in a much easier way and I've had many other clients I had one years ago who came to me like she had a stutter this is one of the reasons why she wanted NLP because she she was doing a training she needed to do presentations and when you got a stutter and you need to do presentations that's not a, it's not a, a comfortable thing to go through and we worked on a lot of different aspects of things to do with her childhood and what she'd been through and trauma and she went and had a session with her speech therapist because she was also working with a speech therapist because she had extra support there and after a few sessions of NLP her speech therapist said to her, like, I actually need you to stutter again if we're going to work together. <laughs> because she literally just stopped stuttering. <laughs> and it was all because how she was perceiving herself and how she was viewing herself and the stories that she was telling herself and related to past events. I mean, I, obviously I won't go into the details because that's her story, but it's, this is the thing, like how we talk to ourselves like has such a big impact on how we show up because everything's connected. And I, I show it to my students as a mind-body wheel. I put it in a wheel format. Like every single part, component of that wheel is connected. You've got the thoughts, you've got the beliefs, you've got the emotions, you've got the physiology, you've got our behavior. Everything is interlinked and connected. And when you make a shift at one level, the other levels shift. It's like this ripple effect. So if I'm to change the story that I have about myself, that impacts how I feel, that impacts my, my physiology, that impacts my behavior. If I go around it the other way, if I change my physiology, so if I sit up right, if I change my body posture, that has a knock-on effect on how I feel and the story that I'm telling myself as well. Everything's connected. There's so many ways that we can go about this and that's just like a little snippet but it's yeah there, there are many things that we can do it's like i love hearing about people coming out on the other side i always say like it's the most beautiful thing that we can do is like give ourselves a chance and like keep giving ourselves that fighting chance and come out on the other end of things like i 
I just feel like it's so sad and so crushing when people spend their whole life just and they don't try and it's over. And it's like that that's the most heartbreaking thing for me. I hope so many people like hear these kind of interviews. They feel inspired and motivated, like even if it's only one person. This is like you owe yourself so much more and like give yourself that chance and that opportunity. So that's why, like, I just... Yes, it's, it's wonderful. And it's so important to uh, bring in that that gentleness and kindness on the journey as well, because it's it's not... Um, yeah, we can have these success stories and we can make huge changes. And, and, and myself personally as well, like, I was able to let go of panic attacks that I had on a weekly basis. And being on the other side of that is just so amazing now because then I've been able to help so many other people with similar situations and experiences. But also like one of the biggest things has been like whenever you're in the thick of things or whenever things are really challenging, there's a phrase that I use a lot and I often just place my hand over that, over my heart as I do that and I just say, and that's okay. Like in those moments, because there may be in getting to that success at the end, like that journey can have a lot of twists and turns and ups and downs. And maybe sometimes you think, oh, yeah, it's going really well. And other days you feel like you're going two steps back and then you go a couple of steps to the side and this is the dance of life it's the dance of life and and it's it can go in all directions but in those little moments where we do feel like we're slipping up remembering what am i doing consistently over time that's important and we can bring in that tenderness with like and that's okay just keep going and that's okay just keep going that grace giving yourself that grace (laughs) Yes, exactly. <laughs> Remembering that and holding on to it. So do you want to address any common misconceptions about NLP? And I don't want to call it positive mindset training <laughs> anymore, but you know, like uh, I will just say about NLP. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's a lot. I actually, there were a few times where I actually, I felt like quitting the the whole industry because I was seeing so much stuff that I didn't like and I was hearing so much so many misconceptions about NLP and I was just like but that's not what it is like because I was hearing things like people say oh it's manipulative oh it's this oh it's that it's blah 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 and when in the hands of someone who does want to manipulate then it can be manipulative but it's not NLP in itself. NLP at its very core, at its very essence, is a curious mindset. It's being curious about ourselves. It's about being curious about the world, being curious about other people. Like, I wonder, like, what what's behind this? Where does this come from? What can I learn about this? How can I how can I transform this into a stepping stone forward? Like being curious, like curiosity is the very essence of it. I often use the the metaphor of a, a hammer. So we can use a hammer to destroy a home. Like I can smash the windows. I can like (laughs) make holes in the wall. I can use a hammer in that way. Or I can use a hammer to build, to construct, to, to create a house. So it's not the hammer that's the problem. It's how am I using it? What's my intention? And I feel that this is the biggest thing uh, with with NLP or with coaching or with hypnosis. There's a lot of misconceptions with hypnosis as well. And is remembering that it's like, what's the intention? 
how is it being used is not the actual tool itself and i'm so, so fortunate to have learned from really heart-centered focused teachers that have had a very big focus on just like being compassionate to the inner child and really using it in a very holistic therapeutic way and that's how i tend to use it rather than using it to like many people use it for sales which can be really useful but that's not really how i use it i use it more in the therapeutic sense though yeah i think that's like the biggest misconception is just how it's being used and and it can be so beneficial to really understand like who we are why do we do certain things like NLP is basically it's like the codification of why we do what we do as human beings it's like here here's a manual to your mind like here's a manual to to the unconscious mind and how to how to use it and yeah and it's just and if people are like if people listening if they're keen to learn more about it then i just highly highly recommend even that i'm not doing practitioner trainings anymore because my focus is on the creating change blending it with arts and dance as well but if you're looking to train in it then do a training where you can work directly with a teacher whether that's online or in person but you have live direct training that you can ask your teacher questions you can get feedback they can observe you practicing they can see what you're doing and how you're using it and you can you can learn so much more because i've seen it all i've seen seven dollar practitioner trainings and you cannot become a practitioner for seven dollars with an online course with no direct feedback i'm sorry that's just <laughs> like for me personally it's just like the, um, that's not the the way to go about it. So there are many amazing trainers out there. And I also have audio programs on this as well that people can download as well. And, and I do live classes online as well. So obviously blending it with the creative arts and dance. Um, I love incorporating that to it because it, it really makes it, the whole experience very embodied rather than just being up in the mind. Like we're including the the physical body we're including all the other components with that so it can be a lot of fun the, the key is practice 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 and, and and the very remember the very essence of it is the curious mindset just being curious about ourselves and life that leads me to asking you if someone wants to connect with you and ask you more questions about this or um, work with you how can they do that Yes, yeah, so I have so many different things online. So I do at the moment, uh, as we're recording this, I do a weekly YouTube live. So every week I'm on YouTube and I do a free class. So it's like a free online class and people can, when they tune in live, they can ask questions and I can respond. And a lot of the topics are in response to requests for topic requests that people have. I also have a podcast called Creating Change with Emma Bradford, and there are many different topics on there. And I've covered everything from soul art to embodiment practices to NLP to um, emotions to like reparenting the inner child. There's so many different topics on there. So that's them. And then if people want further, support then i do one-on-one -on -one sessions and that's worldwide and again it's blending 
everything that I've learned with NLP over the last 10 years and incorporating that with different embodiment practices and creative arts and just creating this wonderful experience so people can really remember the truth of who they are like this this is where my main focus is it's like it's not about creating this new persona although it can feel like it sometimes is about who am I truly like am I living a soul-led life am I living according to my heart and so on like what what's really important deep deep within or am I listening to the negative self-talk and am I living according to the fears and again it's not that we have to get it perfect all the time because maybe there are some times that we live according to the fears and and also some fear is helpful it protects us it's just really like this is where i spend a lot, a lot of my time is like helping people to see things differently seeing things in a different light seeing themselves in a different light and and really waking up to the magic of who they are and waking up to the magic of life because there is magic there there are so many beautiful things and yes there are challenges too in this human experience we have two this is a, a world of polarities like we have light and shadow we have everything we've got hot cold night day like there's everything and it's waking up to the the wholeness of that experience and when we do that we can really really fully live and I think that, that that's an important, important thing to make the most of it. I always say, like, entering that space is so free. Like, you just feel free. Mm. And it's, like, a really amazing place to occupy. And, like, once you get there, you're like, I'm never going back. <laughs> like, I'm never going back. That's, oh my gosh. I've said that out loud a couple times. Like, I feel like every time I hit a new level, I'm like, yeah, I'm never going back. Because <laughs> it's like all this, all this just comes off of you every single time. It's like you should every single mm-hmm. time. And the more you become, the better it feels. So I have to ask you the big show question. And that is, what does selective hearing mean to you? Selective hearing is choosing, I mean, in terms of like what we're, talking about today it's it's really choosing like what story do you want to listen to like what's what are you focused on and I often use this metaphor with with clients and with students that I I like to see music as this metaphor of human beings so in music like we have happy songs we have sad songs we have have angry songs like there's every type of song out there and all the lyrics and the melodies and yet there's one thing that unites all music and that's the beat that's the rhythm that's the life and it's the same as human beings like we have the stories the mind will be there with the story sometimes it's a happy story sometimes it's a sad story sometimes it's an angry story yet we still have the beat we have the life right there we got our heartbeat we got the the inhale the exhale and sometimes the mind might want to give up it's remembering the life is still continuing and we can come back to that we can use that as an anchor to move through life with so selective hearing is about like okay what story am i choosing to focus on and am i listening to the the original beat the heart and am i living life according to that 
Oh my gosh. That's like one of the most beautiful answers I've gotten all season. <laughs> oh gosh, hand claps to that one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was beautiful. Oh, this was an amazing conversation today. Like, thank you so much for being here. I I really, really thank enjoyed you. this. I enjoyed everything about it. And so thank you. And everyone all things about Emma will be in the show description. So all you got to do is click that drop down tag and you can connect with her. You can ask her questions. You can work with her and like, yeah, just get some of this good energy that's like coming off of her. Like it feels like you're in the room with me. So again, (laughs) (laughs) thank you. And everyone, I will be back next week with another special guest. So until next time, this is Selective Hearing.